Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. Uh, He's just a quitter. I mean, that's just a... <laughs> Pete Thamel. Certainly, I will miss the pod. With SI's Pat Forty. And the number one thing that Pete Thamel cannot do on live TV <laughs> that he does do on the pod is to drop off the show, to field a call, to break news about the Sam Houston quality control hire <laughs> and completely lose track of the conversation. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. I'm going to start with a quote. William Christopher Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> it's total chaos right now. Tampering galore. Kids are being manipulated. Grass is greener. And all that stuff is opposed to putting in the work and graduating. No consequences. So now you got agents and NIL and tampering and freaking Woj jumping in on this, stealing players. And you've got no consequences. No consequences equals no conscious. There's no reason for pause, no barriers, nothing. <laughs> Education nothing is, is sacred. Like the last thing right now, preach it, William Christopher. The damn transfer portal has hit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, Pete Thamel is in the portal. Pete and no, Thamel we don't respect your decision. Well, we kind of do, but not that much. <laughs> Pete, explain yourself. All right. I am uh I am in I'm in the the uh the the dwindling days of my uh of my of my Yahoo career. And uh yeah, I will be leaving uh come this weekend to uh start a job at the worldwide leader, ESPN, to uh be a college. Uh, uh, spare us the marketing thing. You're working for ESPN. <laughs> we don't need that. See, you're already a company man with that world. They, they, they got a they got yeah. a whole marketing team over there that they'll they'll handle that for you. So. I can assure you, Yahoo Death. has a tremendous, tremendous reach into mainland China. That we go beyond <laughs> the worldwide. Hey, Dan, it, just, it just means more, Dan. Okay, yeah, it just yeah. means more. All right, the Bristol Death Star. Okay, yeah. we're gonna support this as long as we don't have to listen to propaganda. <laughs> Yeah, go I'm going to be go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to be a senior college football writer. The probably the most notable change is that uh our, our faithful listeners are used to hearing my uh my voice, but I'll, I'll probably be on TV a little bit more. So much so that upon hearing the news, uh my wife Kate went out and bought a nose hair trimmer immediately, like an electronic <laughs> fancy one. <laughs> That's love. That was, That's love that, right there. That thing that thing showed up on Amazon like 2 hours later. <laughs> yeah. She's like, "Oh no." 
Yeah. She was like, you're, you're going to make sure we don't, that, that mistake's not made. So, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, that's the, 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 the new, uh, the, the new gig is uh, going to be talking about football and, uh, still writing about football a lot, obviously in, uh, in some different places, uh, around some different faces. So I will, uh, I will certainly miss the pod, the pod, um, as anyone who knows the pod, uh, in fact, our most vociferous critics, always say we just laugh too much. Like, that's the biggest criticism. Those guys just sit around and laugh true. a lot. We have, true. Stop we have awful fun. laughs, by the way. I have an awful yeah. laugh. Pat's yeah, laugh is like an assault on the senses. Dan kind of has like a hunk cackle um, <laughs> that, that goes through. So, yes, but as anyone who who listens, and whenever I bump into somebody in a press box or whatever and they say they listen, I uh, I tend to say, as you can tell by listening to us, we have a lot of fun doing it because like a third of it is just like guffaws and, and, and jokes and and such. So uh, certainly I will miss the pod. I, I've started to grovel through Sully for the occasional guest appearance to come on, maybe for like a like a bigger moment. Um, but I don't I don't know. I, I do know Dan's going to Dan's going to be a pretty. No, no. Okay. once you break a max straight coach, maybe. But. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Conference realignment. Nah. But Buffalo we'll do the Max Strength Coach. Yeah. yeah. Max Strength Coach breakdown in May. <laughs> Bring Just, me Justice or, Sullivan yeah. has laid down the guidelines. That's right. For your, yes. Your yes. guest That's a, Those are very fair. Uh, they're very fair guidelines. So. You're going to be like those guys uh, that were supposedly calling Joe Judge at the New York Giants that were like left. And said, you know, even though I would have made less money for the last place team, I really wish I was still on your team. <laughs> sure, sure. Those people exist. Yeah. We'll see if we let you back. We'll see. You're either with us or against us. You know how it is. That's right. Yeah, no, I know. Oh, I know. I, uh, I look forward to becoming a loyal pod listener. Obviously, when uh -huh. you do a podcast, you don't tend to listen to it because you've experienced it. So like I am it. excited about that. I, I've already pledged to Sully that it's in my will when I die. My phone will automatically download the pod. Thank you. Because yeah, Thank because you. I do Share. just need, you know now I'm just another now I'm just another click. So I at least want to want to let Tell you know I'm going to maximize. Tell your friends and share uh, us on social media, please. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Max. <laughs> share us at the mausoleum. Yes. Thank you. I'll leave a few thank God Thamel's gone reviews on the uh, on on Apple Podcasts because I'm sure there'll be uh, there'll be a few of uh, there'll be a few of those. So no, uh, in seriousness, we'll we'll miss the pod. It was the highlight of. Uh, of my work week every week. And, uh, I think I can, I think you guys would probably, uh, probably concur with that. And, uh, yeah, I think especially, uh, the pod really picked up momentum during the pandemic. Um, you know, 2020 when things were dark and football was uncertain. And, uh, I think that's when the pod really sort of found its niche as a place where like the insanity can be discussed and satired in the sport. And, you know, you can just, you kind of come and, and take a listen to people who really love the sport and want to see the best for it. And it was like a little bit of group therapy then. Yeah. And like the pandemic sucked and it was, it was fun for us to just sit on the screen for a couple hours and not, uh, you know, not worry about, you know, masks and going outside and, you know, the, the fatalism that, uh, that accompanied everything. So yeah, I will, uh, I will miss you gentlemen. You're, you're certainly not going to just be able to ditch me in real life this easy. Um, but yeah, yeah give try us, try us. Oh, yeah. No, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, he's got this fatty ESPN contract now to see what you are, but the bill shows up. The bar tab. Yeah. The bar tab shows up. We get on your expense That's true. Account. That's true. Yeah. You have now, you've priced yourself in dangerous territory when we do meet I up with you. Tell Jimmy Pataro, I said it's okay that you <laughs> yeah. buy us all the drinks, okay? <laughs> yeah. One of our many former people who left us. One of the, you know, you, 
I've been lucky to get a ton of text messages today, right? Like just, you know, people reaching out from high school, college, coaches, you know, bag men, lawyers, you know, just all the sort of different characters you run across in this job. And one of the funnier ones was from an assistant basketball coach who I've known for a long time. And, uh, you know, I, so about 10 years ago, I left the New York Times to go to Sports Illustrated. I remember telling him at uh, like an AAU event, he looked at me and goes, so like, uh, can you just like still take me out to dinner and stuff? And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, I can. So I would often mock him for that observation. And uh, today he texted me in all caps, don't have to ask if you can still take me out to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all good. But now, look, I, I, we will miss you. We do love you. Uh, you will obviously do phenomenal work at ESPN. Um you're probably the hardest worker and definitely the best information person in the sport. So your value speaks for itself. Uh, however. <laughs> All right. I knew that was too good to be true. That's the end of the night. So like, can we stop the pod? <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't. Here's your advice. My, some, some unsolicited advice. Young Peter Thamel. You know, all, all of Pat's advice is unsolicited because nobody wants it. <laughs> <laughs> true. It's very true. Ask everyone in my family. I think that's a segment. Uh, unsolicited advice no. from Pat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We should. You know what? You're remember talking, we, remember we used to do, uh, we might have to bring this back when it's just the two of us. Remember we used to do uh, ethics? We would try to. Oh, yeah. What are the, we were the ethical. Uh, ethics commission. Eth yeah. 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 Ethical yeah. Arbiters. A good you bit. two are just yeah. the paragon of ethics. I look to oh, you. Yeah. You know, bit. for sure. For sure. Yeah. Wait, it was I like, mean, can you drink with someone on the way to rehab? Like, was like <laughs> so was, we had some good ones. There were some, there were some, we tackled the real, real tricky stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This, it wasn't exactly the New York Times ethics board <laughs> no, discussing real things. world stuff. Anyway. All right. Pete, here are the top five things that you do on the pod that you will not be able to do on live television. Oh, Take okay. some notes here. All, All right. right. Number five, you cannot go on uninterrupted, in uninterrupted for five minutes about staff <laughs> changes at Buffalo. <laughs> Short and sweet on TV, and let's kind of keep it at the highest echelon. Number four, you cannot wear a beanie on camera because yeah. you're having a bad hair day down at the Cape. <laughs> You got to have any good hair days, Pat. Uh. <laughs> I better work on that, too. Number three, you cannot text everyone that you're running five minutes late. Sorry, sorry. When the red light goes on, you got to be out. Yeah. yeah, Van Pelt's not going for that. <laughs> Number two, you cannot have your video freeze because you're on a faulty wireless connection and you got to tell Sully you got to get on another wireless connection. And the number one thing that Pete Thamel cannot do on live TV that he does do on the pod is to drop off the show to field a call to break news about the Sam Houston quality control hire and completely lose track of the conversation. Did that Best of luck to you, Pete. <laughs> Never. <laughs> that was good. That's actually pretty good advice. Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. All right. Well, we're very, very happy for Pete. Uh, we congratulate yes. him. We will miss him. Pat, Pat and I and Sully will continue with the podcast. People were worried the podcast would die. We did this podcast before, Pete. We will do it after. Yep. Uh, don't worry. We're going to keep going. No, the no, pod no. is eternal. Or the pod is eternal. Theoretically. We, we, we will change. These were, these were some salad days with Pete, but uh, we'll, we'll do what we can. It's not much we can do. Pete is a great uh, worker, teammate, did lots of tons of great stories. You guys always hear the pod, but you don't know all the other stuff we did together. Uh, he's yep. just a quitter. I mean, that's he's just a, <laughs> he quit. He's a quitter. Can't count on him. But you know, other than that, he's he's all right. He's all right. So we will uh, we'll get to it. All right, let's get to some football. They are they only yes. are listening so much for this. I think 
Although maybe, yeah, maybe. we we may go on a while today, so just everybody be ready. We got some good stuff. Uh, some, uh, some, today is the the, the cheese grater awards. The yes. cheese grater awards we're handing out today. Which if uh, if you're new to the pod, a few years ago, uh, somebody there was a meth head in Kentucky. <laughs> Uh, this is a college football podcast, by the way. There was some <laughs> meth head in Kentucky who stole someone's cheese grater <laughs> because, they, and then tried to resell it to get the meth. And there was a classic uh, <laughs> drop of some guy going, "He stole my cheese grater." And <laughs> who I don't steals know. a cheese grater? That was kind of it. It, it, it. If you know the pod, uh, yeah, it, it it all makes sense. But it, there was a cheese grater. Anyway, we will hand out the cheese grater awards. Um, and it, this is like one of those years where there's like some blockbuster passion project movie uh because the the pole assassin is is nominated for like 14 <laughs> categories <laughs> yes. it's like a meryl street movie that no one actually watched you just have to take that word for it must be good. it's, it's going street for lord of the rings mm-hmm. like breaking every award yeah. winner yeah, yeah. meryl yeah, streep has won more awards i've never seen in one of her movies like every you know i don't <laughs> meryl streep's in i'm not watching that but they'll probably be the best anyway uh we're gonna get to the cheese grater jackson dart USC quarterback has entered the transfer portal. Uh, happened right after Caleb Williams put up on Instagram pictures of him at the Lakers game and the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it wasn't, um, wasn't related. Loyalty's a two-way street, right? Uh, this is interesting. I assume this means Caleb Williams is heading to USC because why would Jackson Dart leave? But Jackson Dart's pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, this is where we're at, right? Just total wildness. And I'll go with Pat first because Pete's barely here anyway, so. <laughs> or maybe we should make pete work let's just make pete do this whole show <laughs> um, crack a beer it's, you know it's 2 30 in the afternoon no i i uh I, I will chime in and then pete is free to follow but jackson dart had a excellent uh freshman season coming in you know kind of taking over after keaton slovis got hurt and then kind of owning the job uh it wasn't great the whole time but he had several Excellent performances uh, through for 300 plus against UCLA through for 391 against Washington State, uh, 248 against BYU. I mean, everybody, I think, looked at him and said, that guy's a future college star. And all in, you know, look, when he he transferred out, Keaton Slovis is going to pit. We don't know yet where Jackson Dart is going, but he becomes a very hot commodity. Uh, I mean, if they don't get Caleb Williams now, then then they're in trouble. So the assumption is that that'll be inevitable. And Mario Williams, the receiver from Oklahoma, you would think is uh, quite possibly joining him in Los Angeles. So Lincoln Riley uh, moving the the base from Norman to L.A. and taking everything but the hoo-hash with him. And now Jackson darts uh, out on the streets. And where is he going to end up, Pete? Any idea? Hell, so Jackson, come on, Mr. He, newsbreaker. Yeah, so let's go. I think Jackson <laughs> – Dart is probably going to uh, follow the Caleb Williams access, uh, meaning I don't think Caleb Williams is going to decide anytime soon. Talk to his dad some throughout uh, throughout this process, and there is there is not an urgency there. They they did spend a couple of days in L.A. USC UCLA, but I, I think that you know this is you know this is really a, a high profile free agency, and the the Williamses don't have uh, don't have an extreme sense of urgency. They want to find the exact right spot. They want coaching staffs in place so they know exactly who is going to be coaching Caleb. And, you know, Dart is from Utah. I mean, I think he's the second-best quarterback to go in the transfer portal. Keaton Slovis threw for more yards, but he essentially would have beaten out Keaton Slovis if he did not really beat out Keaton Slovis by the end of the season there. And you get him for three more seasons. 
he needs to go find a place where he can go start right away. Is, you know, will one of the Utah schools who both have incumbent quarterbacks risk their room to, you know, uh, one of the problems is you can clear out three guys when you bring in one with quarterbacks in the portal. So, um, and there's, he got in the portal a little late. So there is, you know, there are some places that there's no walk in and start place for Jackson Dart right now at a top 15 school um, that I can, that I can immediately think of Oklahoma, I guess would be the, uh, would be the closest to that if he could beat out Dylan Gabriel, but there's, you, you are signing up for competition again, wherever you go. And it becomes a matter of comfort and, and development. Jackson Dart is an NFL quarterback. He has the skill set. He has the size. Um, it's just gonna be a matter of where he can go and accentuate that. What's the deal with Notre Dame and quarterback next year? <laughs> I know Notre Dame question. is hard to transfer into. Uh, they got a lot of like that. That to me looks like the team that's needs a quarter, like just needs a quarterback. You know, it's like oh, this this team. Yeah. And and no. for two years, like man. But they have their of... young guy, man. They have Buckner, and they think it's yeah. him, right? Do they, do they really him. think Buckner's that good? Really? I mean, I mean, maybe he is. I mean, I think he if they didn't. <clears throat> yes. I think if they they feel like he can't evolve and get him ready to be that guy. But seemingly by strategy, they're betting on that in some ways. It is amazing for a place that went, what, 53 and 9, or I guess 53 and 10 after losing the Fiesta Bowl, 54 and 10 maybe, those last five years. And you look at Brian Kelly becoming the all-time winningest coach there. They never really had a golden boy quarterback. I think Deshaun no. Kaiser was probably the highest drafted Notre Dame quarterback in the Brian Kelly era, if, if I just think back off the top of my head. And then Ian Book became one of the school's all-time winningest quarterbacks, and he was obviously a very nice player. But in an era where diamondism at that position has really been a difference maker for a majority of the recent national title teams, they have never had a true difference maker at that position. And they've had great O-lines. They've had really nice skill players, really great receivers. Think about Will Fuller was there. I mean, really talented guys. They have the best tight end in the country right now, and they've had an assembly line of great tight ends. That's the one place where if you're going to unlock Notre Dame and make that leap from, you know, they've been between three and five recently per se, and you're going to make that leap up to, you know, in, get in the title game and go. I really think that's the the first place that they need to unlock. It's amazing. You know, Michigan too, but Notre Dame, it's like, They've been so close. They've not had a good quarterback, not had that great quarterback. And yet they'll stack up at certain schools, but won't go. And like for, you know, this is, it's just, it's an interesting dynamic. It is a place where they have growth potential though, if they can get one of these guys, but man, it just feels like, I just, you just sit there and look at the team and you're like, all right, well, which one of these, so we've had a lot of guys roll through. I mean, Ian Book was a good college quarterback, but yeah, but for a guy, I mean, Brian Kelly's a big time offensive mind. You would think that they would have gotten somebody who would be an absolute star at that position. And you're right. I mean, Ian Book was a very good college guy and he fit what they wanted to them to do. But boy, uh, you know, and maybe Tyler Buckner will turn out. I mean, you know, he threw 35 passes this year, three touchdowns, three interceptions, you know, just didn't show Anything definitive? I, I mean, there's only like one game when he had significant playing time. I think he was a good runner, so he's a bit of a dual threat guy. But yeah, I, I would think, gosh, Jackson Dart, go get him or somebody that uh, that would work there. I wonder, like, if he wants to stay on the West Coast, if you're Oregon, are you sold that Bo Nix is going to step in and be a great quarterback? He was an interesting quarterback at Auburn. Right. I never thought he was great. If I were Oregon, I'd try to go get Jackson Dart. So here's yeah. the here's the Bo Nix thing that I think is interesting. Dan, sorry if I, I cut you off there. 
I I have a, a a scout that I trust who swears Bo Nix is first round pick talent. Really? Swears it up and down. Yeah. And again, look, the quarterback identification development game is is one of the most uncertain things in all of sport, right? Like nobody's been more wrong about quarterbacks than any other position in any other sport. So, but this is a scout that I've known for a long time and I really trust. And I just that like that was eye opening to me. There's some physical tools there. There was a thought of some really good development for the first half of last season. Then obviously played excellent at Arkansas, got hurt, and then uh, you know things fell apart for for Auburn from there. So it'll be interesting. There's a young offensive coordinator at Oregon named Kenny Dillingham. He's kind of like this, uh, you know, one of these younger guys. I think he's 30, 31. Had a uh, he's had a lot of uh, you know had a lot of success through Memphis, some success at Florida State, and it's going to be an interesting one year shotgun experiment as to whether or not he can really unlock the potential. Look, like there's there's physical tools for Bo Nix. There's a reason why he was a five-star. There's been moments of really inspired play. But, um, and you wonder if playing Pac-12 defenses will help some of that too, right? He's not going to see, yeah. he's not going to have the same pressure, you know, from the tackles and the edges. He's just, he's not going to be, you know, his receivers are going to be going up against secondaries that aren't nearly as well equipped. So um, I don't know. I just thought to me, it was something that was said to me and it was one of those, whoa, really? Like this could, this could happen. Like he made some, that LSU game at LSU, he made some first round plays, but can he string it together? Like that's the thing, the consistency. I don't know. I mean, pass efficiency rating 2019, 125. That is bad. Pass efficiency 2020, 124. That is worse. 2021, he bumped it up to 130. Still bad. Uh, I don't know. Throws a lot of incompletions. Makes a lot of crazy plays. Some of them good. Some of them bad. We'll see. If he ta- if he progresses, good for him. I don't know that Gus Malzahn was ever a guy that a pro-style quarterback wanted to go play for. He went to Auburn right. because he that's like his legacy place, you know? And, yeah. Uh, but if you're if you if you were taking that look, so uh, quarterback transfer portal is going. Uh, other news: we've got uh, national title game ratings were down to twenty two point six million. Uh, do we care? Anyone I don't. Care? Uh, no. no, I don't care. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think it's really indicative of anything other than the fact that it was a regional game, uh, and and one of the teams everybody is absolutely sick to death of seeing. So and it was on a Monday, you know. And well, again, they're always on a Monday. Right. On a Monday. But can we move this thing to Saturday? I feel like that's a quick fix. Yeah, except the NFL wants Saturday too now. Well, you know, once the regular season stops and the NFL ain't doing what college wants them to do just to just to be nice. Right. So if, if they want Saturday, they're gonna take Saturday. It's a tricky deal. Do you move it to Saturday night? I mean, it looks like we're gonna be stuck with this thing for longer. I don't know. I mean, they're 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 banged in on the dates. I mean, to me, it's like it was. It's like, oh, look, there's this. It's like, what are you going to do? It's like this, there's like times when like the NBA finals are like, you know, whatever. It's San Antonio against Cleveland. And then people go, look, the ratings are down. It's like, yeah, because there's less people <laughs> in Cleveland than there are. Like if, if your ratings are relying on market and like sometimes this happens. Yeah. Now, I we need a more national thing. But if this was Ohio State versus Texas, it would have been bigger. Georgia's a big market. Alabama mm-hmm. is a very popular team and they're very well known and all of that. There's only five million people living in Alabama, right? And they do have nationwide fans, but they also people are tired of seeing Alabama. Right, it's never right. like everybody's tuned in and say, "Oh gosh, what 
What, what what's this Nick Saban guy up to? Yeah. Everybody you knows can't get Yankee, you can't get Yankees Dodgers every time. So right. sometimes this happens. I am not super alarmed by that. D- don't Dan, why don't you walk us through your pocket. column that you wrote uh, about sunsets? A lot of our a lot of our listeners we we know from Twitter appreciate your sunset takes. Um, I just thought that's a good dovetail from this conversation to what's next. Well, I you know look I. It's a lot of what I said. I've said on this podcast to me that until we spread out the talent, you're going to keep getting SEC domination. And and right now, if you're a player who wants to play for the national championship and win a national championship, you probably got to go to the SEC. I mean, if they they're the ones that are winning it, you talk about Saban's domination, but there's there's three different teams have won in the last three years. So you can go to Ohio State, maybe, maybe you can get something going to USC or Clemson. Clemson, you can go to maybe, but. For the most part, you have to go to the SEC, and that's why we have Bryce Young from L.A. and Alabama. It's not the only reason, but it's why you have tight ends from Napa Valley at Georgia. It's why you have all these kids. Texas A&M's got kids from all over the country coming there. Not all of them. Most of them are from Texas, but there's a kid from Philly. There's a kid from Washington. You have to find a way to spread out the talent. It has to be done at the mark. You can, you can cap scholarships. That's not going to happen. We could come up with some convoluted regulation. Only so many guys can. That's that's on a on american ridiculous we're not doing that i mean i've seen these people well you can only sign three five stars like how does that work so you have to make the other places more attractive to win an occasional recruiting battle and and nil is one of those and i think we've seen it you know missouri signed a top five player is a big thing to stay so east st louis but you know stay in state Jackson State's getting every guy that doesn't go to that to Alabama or Georgia or LSU or Texas A&M or to a to a degree Ohio State is a good thing, and NIL does that. What, what we need, I think we did that thing the other day. It was like thir- it's up to thirty seven of the top hundred and one are going to three schools: Georgia, Texas A&M, and Alabama. Georgia signed ten of the top forty eight players in the rivals' rankings. Wow. That's 10. If this is an NFL draft, you have yeah. 10 picks in the from the middle of the second round to the first. Yeah. And, and A&M's class is even better because they got more top end talent. You can't beat these guys. So we have to find a way to say that that kid, instead of going to Georgia, says, I can win a national title here. I can play. Uh, I can play exciting football games here. I don't have to go to the SEC. We can't weaken the SEC. You can't make Georgia less attractive of a place to go to school and play bat- and football. It's great. Yeah. I, 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 right. So as an Alabama, all these places, you have to prop up the other places and even it out. And maybe in four years, if you could get it to where 25 of the top hundred players are going to three schools, well, that's a hell of a lot better. Right. That's a huge improvement. The only way to do that is NIL to me and then the playoff. And yeah. you know, we've talked about it, but like, Michigan State and Pitt should have been a showcase game for those two programs. And and it's not that all of a sudden Michigan State or Pitt is going to beat Alabama head-to-head on, on 50% of the recruits. But maybe they start winning one out of 10 or two out of 10, and it, and it evens out. And until you've you've done that, right now for college, for kids in high school, if you talk to recruits, it's, if it's why aren't I going to the SEC? And sure. that is a dangerous place for these other schools. Why would I stay in the Pac-12? And so now it's like, well, Lincoln Riley. But other than that, it's why, why would I, you know, I want to go to Miami and stay home, but I, they're not, I can't stay here. I got to go. So the, the ACC, the Big Ten, the Pac 12, stumbling, bumbling, blowing this thing. 
All they're doing is extending the domination of the SEC by yeah. not trying to create a thing. And when you're talking about should it be uh, should the six automatic bids be five plus one or or the six best conference? I mean, come on. Yeah. Like this stop stupid. majoring in minors. You yes. Know? Yes. You're letting perfect be the 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 uh, enemy of of uh, of progress when it's uh, I got to make sure the Rose Bowl keeps a time slot. Get out of the way, man. You don't you're not the Rose Bowl. Uh, when it's, I'm going to bully Notre Dame into joining my conference, which is the ACC is trying to do. Like, do you, you have any uh, understanding of the institution of the university of Notre Dame? <laughs> You're not bullying Notre Dame into anything. The entire right. place was designed to resist <laughs> literally like religious bigotry against the, you know, yeah. like yeah. they're called the fighting Irish for, re- they're not going <laughs> oh well. Okay. Oh, shucks. You, you tricked us. We're going to join your league. They'll join it when they damn well want. You can't bully them. So I just think, fine, keep trying to bully them. And guess what happens? Your ACC champ doesn't, nobody cares. You're not getting much out of it. They're, they're blowing this the longer they go. I don't know what else to say. I've written the columns we said on this pod. There, I think there is some progress on the NIL front. You know, somebody I talked to last week, maybe the week before, I don't remember now, but, but who's, plugged into this, and I might have even said this on an earlier pod, Texas, Texas A&M, USC are kind of out front on NIL right now, like putting the big money into this. And we've seen Texas A&M, hey, Texas signed a good class. And now USC is in position to take advantage too. And so, you know, that could help maybe, you know, if you finally get Texas up off the mat, although they will be an SEC school soon enough. But again, USC, you've got that is the land of opportunity, baby. Uh, capitalize on it and then drag some other people along with you. And then, yes, the other piece, obviously, is forcing the playoff to expand and do what people actually want and what's good for more people. You got to show these kids that there's a route to a national title in your league at your school. And right now there isn't. You can pretend there is, but there isn't. So why would I sign with that school? And we're talking really good programs. We're talking about, like, you know, just, just Michigan State's a really nice program. You got to sit there and say, "Hey, you got a path to win here." Absolutely. At the, no, at the risk of sounding like a like an ESPN SEC honk, um, I will say that it was interesting <laughs> that uh, get that hat fitted. Get that yeah. hat fitted. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> bias, bias. <laughs> Coming up next, we'll be on Pine Bomb four days a week, people. <laughs> oh, that Pat, that Pete used to be all right. <laughs> Why isn't anyone talking about Kentucky? <laughs> uh, the interesting thing that Greg Sankey said when he sort of called the national media around after the feudal meetings the other day, and he was very he was very pointed. It was it was like straight talk Sankey, who's sort of this like rote compliance guy, kind of monotone. He's not a braggadocious guy by any means. And it was sort of like a an eloquent, emotionless, we're going to take our ball and go home speech. You know, he was like, we want it to be good for the sport. It's not good that one league, meaning the Pac-12, only made two of eight college football playoffs. Like, he wants and generally believes in a vibrant national presence. But he also knows, like, nobody needs this less than the SEC. And I genuinely I genuinely believe that. If if this stays at four, nobody benefits more than the, than the SEC. And, and what's interesting is, Here's what the calculus I don't know as people are entrenched in their positions and don't move. And I, I thought the 
the the best quote about that was from Jack Swarbrick, where he said, after three years of effort, we find ourselves challenged by issues in the grand scheme of things that don't feel like they should be sufficient to run the entire process aground, end quote. And I just thought that was like, that was like a summation of you have three days of meeting, you make no progress. You know, you're, you know, you're, you're not worried about the highway, you're, you're, you're arguing over the crosswalk. And, yeah. and I really think that there has to be some strategy behind the filibuster, right? Because usually you have cards, there's concessions, you play them, you go. I really think there's strategy here of just, we don't want it. So we're going to just kind of get in the way of it. And, and I do wonder how much of that strategy is rooted in what this could be in 2026. The, the interesting thing is that, you know, the, the ACC has, has planted its heels a bit, generally open to expansion, but wanting clarity and wanting different things and being very vague. Like I had five different people in the room tell me nobody really knows what the ACC wants. But the, these are smart people, you know, with a stake in billion dollar operations. Right. So in my mind, thinking out loud, like what happens in 2026, is it does it become so much of a better deal for everyone? And I think it's real that they could kick the group of five out. Like, like that that's been said out loud, I think, by George Klayovkov and others. Like, what sure. does this look like the next time? Part of part of the reason why there's such a push to preserve this is it kind of keeps everything sane in the environment for a little while. The group of five gets their cut, you know, the, everything kind of looks the same. If this thing doesn't pass here, and again, they keep they keep moving the yardsticks on deadlines. So I'll believe this thing's drop dead when somebody nails a coffin shut. Um, yeah. There's too much money at stake. Like the, the two years, there's four years left on the deal. If you don't have those last two years as an expanded playoff, it's like a billion dollars lost basically. And that's just a lot of money. Even if you split it, you know, how many ever ways, it's a lot of money, especially for some leagues like the ACC that don't have new ways to generate revenue because they don't have TV deals coming up. So- I just wonder if there's a strategy here, we can get so much of a better deal and we can maybe cut out some of the riffraff who are looking, who are grabbing the table scraps if this thing goes. And I just wonder if the SEC at a certain point just says, we're going to play ourselves. You know what I mean? Like this is where the conversations are leading to if there's no, if there's no resolution here. And, uh, you know, Sankey, basically, I actually asked him if he, if it was a threat and he sort of blanched at that comment. But I really think that, there is like basically the uh, you know the, the the SEC came around and said you want to play hardball we'll play hard we'll play hardball and you will lose. Yeah. So well, how how is that? Do I have to fake a southern accent uh, in a couple of days when I do that? <laughs> Brian Kelly? <laughs> it's a good move for you and your family, Pete. <laughs> yeah. Pete ain't played nobody, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, you can't. Oh, you 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 will. You will do poorly if you overestimate the uh, long-term planning, intelligence, and guile of college sports administrators. Uh, (laughs) You would think that there would be a plan, but here we are, okay? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if there's a master plan, it's very well concealed at this point. Why (laughs) why are you hiding it? What are you hiding? Uh, Look, kicking out the group of five is, is, it'd be terrible. Um, Yes. Oh, it'd be. Okay. We're talking one spot out of 12. Right. Okay. It would be horrendous, but also not shocking not shocking but it'd be so i mean for all of us that love the sport and want maction and want you know i mean you want that whole thing and so when that goes down like to lose that in in any way and just the idea that that, uh, you get one spot who cares it's a reward to be number five 
you get an easier game or something, you know, whatever. Let's just, it should not be this thing. I don't know. You just don't know what's going to happen in 2026. I mean, you know, what is it? What if the SEC sits there and says, look, Oklahoma and Texas saying, hey, we want to come in. Well, what if, what if UCLA and USC say we won't come in? What if they go, so well, we'll grab Notre Dame. Uh, and what, what if Ohio State wants to, I don't know if the Big Ten can break up because there's so much research money. But what right. if, like, what if Clemson and Florida State say, you know, I know there's grants of rights, but all these things can be, can only keep someone for so long. And that's uh, grant of rights. Contracts are, are, can be bought out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Grant of rights can be expensive, but is, if, if, if the revenue keeps escalating, eventually it becomes less expensive. Well, or it's, you know? we either join this mini NFL or we're out. Yeah. Right. You're, yeah. You know what I mean, right. You know? Like, yeah. We have to go, you know, again, it's just, it's, it's sitting there. I just, if you're the SEC, you, you've won three straight titles. You had three different schools do it. You just right. had the, the fight. You had both teams in the championship game and you've won and you have the top three recruiting classes in the country. Uh, this is going fine. Not only, <laughs> and, yeah. and basically They've had nobody, a team in the playoffs every year. More than, than Ohio State and Clemson are viable championship candidates. At the other I mean, it's. It's a, yeah, they're always in it. They're always winning it. It's it's uh it's it. Uh, and wonder, they haven't even Dan. started getting the three billion dollars on their TV deal in 2024 when ESPN pays them three billion and raids Pete's 401k <laughs> to do it. Right. Yeah. Might want to check know. on that, Pete. Is that what's the language yeah. on that in the old contract? Get the Disney stuff too. Get make sure you get the passes for Disney. Those will be those will be important. Yeah, no, I've heard I've heard that a lot. That's been yeah. a lot of people's scouting report is uh, okay. Yeah, free Disney passes. So yeah, yeah. Well, those yeah. are valuable. Those are valuable. Yeah, very valuable. Yeah. So look, we're in the middle of coaching changes. Uh, you know, these things. By the time you listen to this, could all be moot. However, while we're taping this pod, uh, defensive line coach at Notre Dame, Mike Elston, is leaving South Bend. This is reported by Tom Loy. Uh, covers Notre Dame for 24-7. Uh, he's going to be the defensive line coach at Michigan. Yeah. Inter- now, at this very moment, there's still speculation that Jim Harbaugh could leave Michigan to go become the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. We have no idea. Harbaugh has not said anything since it first was reported he might be interested in the NFL. Even coaches that are going to go to the NFL usually lie and say they aren't interested. Now, Harbaugh beat, moves to his own drummer, but the fact he hasn't come out and said, what? I'm, 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 I'll be at Michigan until they bury me, and then he's actually packing his bags. Um, he's done that in the past, too. He's he's shot this stuff down two, three yeah. years ago. But why would Mike Elston go to Michigan yeah. if Harbaugh is staying, or is there some deal that says, because there's a high possibility that if Harbaugh does leave, they're going to promote from within and take Josh Gaddis or Mike Hart. Um, obviously we have the, the, the possibility. Do you really think of, so, Dan? Like, I really I, don't I think, think so. there's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, it's a possibility. I, I just, I think if you're Michigan, you're in the perfect place to make the perfect hire. You've got no pressures of any signing day. You've got no competition on the landscape. You can fly in as many people as you want. You can, you can, you can do anything you want. I just have a hard time thinking they they go internal. Look, they love Mike Hart. He he can be an assistant there and, and move up there forever. Josh Gaddis, you know, won the Broyles Award. He had as good of a season as any assistant in the country. But does that mean Michigan? I, I don't know. I, I don't I, know. I, look, at, I've I've been skeptical of this. I'm saying as a possibility. If Luke Fickle wants the job, Luke Fickle will get the job. If someone else really good wants the job, but 
The idea of 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 promoting from within is not out of the question in Michigan, hundred percent. Yeah. So no, it's I, I was. I'm I, just trying to. It's. Pro, I mean, why? I'm just trying to go. Why would you take this job if if all of a sudden right. in, in four days Luke Fickle comes in and says, well, "I get all my my guys." Yeah. Like that'd be and, weird, I, right? Yeah. I mean, that, why would, unless Notre, unless there is a whole web interconnected web of changes that has not gone public that Harbaugh is leaving and they've already got their replacement and it's not from within and they're going to make staff hires. I mean, that seems that has not un- happened. Unlikely. To that me. has not so, happened as of Thursday. At, at Elston did go yet. to Michigan and he's worked at Michigan. So like yeah. there, there may be, cause remember like Hart and others kind of came in on, on a long deal with the idea. Bellamy was the same way with the idea of, Hey, if this doesn't work out with the head guy. You're a Michigan guy and you're going to be fine. And that may be it. I don't know. Uh, it just, it's Maybe. a long time to grab a Michigan job. Let's just put it that nope, way. So we're trying to read read the tea yeah, leaves. Exactly. I, to me, the the most likely scenarios, if you want to put this you know, in, in a hierarchy, one, Harbaugh is staying. Two, they're promoting from within. Three, they're bringing somebody in from the outside who has already agreed that Mike Elston's going to be his D-line coach or and or other people on the staff are staying. You know, maybe Matt Campbell would maybe be fine with that, with Ward Manuel saying, yep, uh, we want you, but here's the here's the staff that you're going to inherit or part of the staff. If I'm Luke Fickle, if you're going to bring in the Ohio State guy and then the Michigan guy is going to tell the Ohio State guy, here's who your staff is going to be, I, I would have a hard time seeing that happen. So I don't know. Well, it's just it's an intriguing plot twist without any explanation or context so far from Michigan. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that there's still interest from the Harbaugh camp in the uh, in the NFL. And what will unfold in the next week or so is if there's any interest in from the NFL side. I think the Raiders playoff game has, you know, has a lot to do with that. But um, yeah, it is it is interesting. I will say this about these sort of seismic hires, like in movements, like these big movements. There's always one or two pieces of empirical evidence that don't make sense, right? Like my mind always had a hard time of thinking Brian Kelly would live in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, right? Just, you know, he's a guy from Boston. He doesn't sound family. like he's from Louisiana, yeah. et cetera. So there's always something where you're like, no, that could never work because of this. I mean, these are operations with like 100 employees. And they're they're fraught with webs and complications. And look look at uh, look at what Kevin Steele did to Sully's alma mater. Showed up for six weeks and made how much, Sully? Two hundred and fifty grand. Two hundred fifty yeah. grand for basically like I don't know, drinking some sweet tea and kicking his feet on the desk. And then Go to they said, "Hey, you're yeah. not you're not wanted here." And it's a hundred million dollar business. And they said, "Hey, thanks for your time." And here we go. But so here's the thing: wasn't wasn't Kevin Steele going to be unemployed? I mean, Mike Elston was not going to be unemployed. As a matter of fact, him staying at Notre Dame was one of the things Notre Dame was thumping the tub about as proof that they were going to keep things together after Brian Kelly left. Very fascinating little situation. Yeah. I just don't, don't think Jim Harbaugh's not going to go to the NFL because they hired Mike Elston. Because then it becomes a Michigan problem, not a Jim Harbaugh problem. I, I don't either, but maybe it's just why would you? T- I don't know. It's it is we I, I don't disagree about the anomaly part of it. I just don't think you can draw anything too grandiose from it other than it's curious. Well, now you're talking like an ESPN employee and not a <laughs> member of this podcast. This is what we do. <laughs> yeah. Quit being cautious, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> prefer reckless speculation. OK, um, all right. Um, before we get to the cheese grater, this quick story. That got sent to sent to uh, sent sent to me. Uh, you know, we know the in China they are doing lockdowns uh, for the COVID, and their lockdown is not like our lockdown. Like it's some serious lockdown. 
Uh, you're you ready for the Olympics, Dan? <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. Well, here's a woman. Um, she uh, she went to a uh, she went on a blind date. A blind date went to this other city, and the guy decided, "I will make you dinner. That'll be the blind date." And during dinner, the Chinese locked down his part of the city, and the woman <laughs> he has was been, stuck there. She has been stuck there for a week what? on the blind date. Come on, man. Worst blind date ever or best. Yes. She's been reporting on videos on social media. It's taken over China. This is a bad lifetime movie waiting to happen. This is unbelievable, right? Can you imagine this like nightmare? Like uh says that uh, he's mute as a wooden mannequin and every but everything else about him is pretty good. <laughs> His food is mediocre, but he's still willing to cook, which I think is great. I mean, kind of. I mean, I'm on his side. Like, listen, man, you're crashing in my house. I'm cooking you dinner and you're out there bashing me on social media. <laughs> That's rough. Maybe she's the problem. Oh, my goodness. Like, so there's a very famous possible scenario. Yeah, there's a very famous story in Boston, Dan. I don't know if you remember this. So during the uh, aftermath of the marathon bombings, when the city was locked down, it happened in uh, Charlestown. A gentleman went to uh, went to a pub, uh, was was overserved, made the company of a uh, of a young lady, uh, oh. accompanied her home that night, and then couldn't leave her house the next day because of the lockdown because the marathon bomber was on the loose. So from her kitchen table, he wrote a column for Esquire about his about his situation. <laughs> That's amazing. Quote, I'm sitting in a strange kitchen right now in a posh two bedroom condo in Charlestown with sprawling views of the skyline and upper deck. My head is pounding. I've already maxed out on the recommended daily intake of Advil, hung over from a long night of upending pine after pine of Guinness at the Warren Tavern down the road. I'm sure, Dan, you've been to the Warren Tavern, well, I've been right? To, I've been to the Warren Tavern, yeah. yes. So anyway, that's how it starts. It's, it's a great column, yeah. and he basically, uh, yeah, it ends. So I'm here, still in her apartment. The lockdown is still in effect. The suspect yet to be apprehended. Public transit shut down. Sitting at her kitchen table, writing this on her computer. Her roommate is on one side, slightly baffled, and she's standing behind me, <laughs> reading this over my shoulder, laughing her tail off. <laughs> that's beautiful. That was oh, like, okay. that thing uh, went hyper viral around Boston oh, during that. Uh, well, this is the time. biggest story in China right now, apparently. Well, yeah, no, I, it's or, not. It is not, Dan. I, it is absolutely not. <laughs> I can't believe I, when, I, when, you, when you were going News of the Weird from China, I'm shocked. You didn't go with the dozens of ostriches that are on the loose in the streets. Well, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, this is the news in China. Dozens of ostriches escaped from a farm in southern China's Guangxi Zhuang. I am sure I pronounced that wrong. Autonomous region. <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't look at me. I can't even say Dabo Sweeney right. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the that's thing, exactly like, why I, people hate our podcast that like eight second cloudburst of cackling right there yeah <laughs> that's what you yeah. get sorry we're gonna work on it we're gonna excuse work on us it. for having fun yeah but the uh so like but they escape from a farm but the video shows them running through a downtown so how far did they go and there's still like 20 of them missing i think the original report said 68 and there's still 20 of them missing. So people are eating ostrich hamburgers or whatever now. Ostriches uh, are scary, man. They're big. Oh, well, that's the thing. And you watch them run like, yeah, you want to get in the way of those things? 
They are big and fast and probably very angry and perhaps hungry. What do you think an NFL like draft scout, like if Eric Edholm had to like do a draft breakdown of an ostrich, how do you think? Maybe he'd be like greasy <laughs> hips, <laughs> too much neck height. High and like, speed what would be? is elite. Um, yes. Okay. Skinny elite legs, though. Yeah. ACL. Yeah. No. ACL yeah. tears on that hit. Yeah, you got to got a leg down. You got to get the man. medicals on the ostrich. Yeah. yeah. Not great ter- change of direction. Wouldn't do well in the three cone drill, but I think they'd be <laughs> very impressive. If I see ostriches at the combine, I'm going to get really freaked out. <laughs> Back to Anyhow. your regular scheduled programming. All right, let's get to the cheese grater awards. I'm sorry it's taking so long. All right, uh, Sully's got, we got a few sort of serious ones here. News gift of the year for the pod. Conference realignment, NIL arrives, massive coaching changes, transfer portal kicks in overdive, playoff expansion futility, Jackson State signs the number one, Nick Rolovich sacrifices career at anti-vaccine altar. What was the biggest news story of the year? My vote, I, I vote for conference expansion because it happened in the summer when, you know, we're kind of scraping a little bit and all of a sudden Dan and I are in Japan doing multiple pods on Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas A&M dropping the dime on them. Uh, that was a gift. That was some good stuff. So I, my my grader goes to conference realignment slash expansion. So it wasn't that uh, that Houston, ba- Houston Baptist quality control guy that we, uh, that, <laughs> that didn't, uh, that didn't that was, make the, uh, that didn't, didn't make, make the, the list. I'm sorry. Might've made your list, not mine. This year, I, I mean, I agree with Pat. Conference. Conference realignment rules over everything, right? But I don't want to be boring and say the same thing. So I think 10 years from now, we'll remember this period of time as Quinn Ewers and Caleb Williams being transformative figures as the faces of this portal. Uh, Ewers obviously manipulated the high school system to enroll early, make my own manipulate in a bad way. He just left because he graduated and made like probably like more than a million dollars a snap at Ohio State for his year. There. And that's just <laughs> so radically different than what we've been conditioned to. Um, I really think even though it was a low impact on the field, that value of a five-star and the commoditization of the top quarterbacks is going to be a legacy that, that'll be here. And then Caleb Williams is just a free agent. He's rolling around, and I don't know if he'll be Kurt Flood. That might be a clunky analogy, but he is certainly going to be the first marquee free agent in the history of uh, college football. We're living it. We're watching it. And it's it's fascinating to see it unfold. Yeah, the portal and NIL together would be to me. That's just the biggest yeah. changes of the year. Um, all right, let's move on to our next category. Lie of the year. We are here to expose liars. Yeah. If we, there's nothing else. This is the podcast of the truth, okay? Yes. Often the lies are told by us, but then we later admit it. <laughs> <laughs> we try to. We try at least. Uh, first one, lies of the year. Ames tap water is the best. It is not. What was it? Key Cook. What was the name of that? Uh, it was defeated by Kia Cook, if I remember Kia correctly. Cook beat Ames in a water tasting top. Ames is a great place to live. We know that's not true because all of the stars of the Hooray Ames music video, which tells people it's the great place to live, moved out of Ames. They moved to Georgia, that's- Maryland, and Massachusetts. So. We know that is not true. Dan Wetzel's triumphant investigative report. I also looked into this one. Purdue's drum is the biggest. It is not. (laughs) Purdue, your drum is not the biggest drum in the world. There are many big drums in South Korea that are much bigger than your drum. We also found out that the Texas drum they bought off the University of Chicago when Chicago dropped football. 
Oh, that's that. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a deep dive. Yeah. Yeah. No, we did a lot. <laughs> Biggest lie of the year. Lincoln Riley didn't even know USC was interested until after the Big 12 title game. Made up his mind overnight. Just woke up and said, hell, I'm going to L.A. Uh, and finally, a stripper monkey is an emotional support animal. <laughs> It's Again. a stripper's monkey. The monkey does not strip. It was a no, part of the act. No, no, the, no <laughs> the monkey belongs to the stripper. Well, I mean, the stripper. monkey may strip. Have you seen the show? I don't know. I mm -hmm. don't want. Okay, good point. We don't know what's going on in there. Is a monkey an emotional support animal? What is the lie of the year? Pete, we'll start with you. Well, I mean, I'm going to go with Ames Tapwater, uh, if if only because in uh, in Dan's tweet last night, he said we were going to celebrate my departure with Ames Tapwater. And we know <laughs> yeah, the next time the three of us convene, that is really the lie of the year. <laughs> it will be something much more expensive. It's something that will be saddled on my credit card for uh, for, for years to come. So congratulations. Oh, okay. I'm sure the Pulitzer Committee is going to be uh, reaching out any moment for your fantastic takedown of our formerly beloved Ames Tap. Some of Dan's best work ever. Could be his next book, Exposing Ames. Net Netflix, baby. We're, gotta, yeah. we're going Netflix with the Ames. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, I am going with the stripper monk, stripper's monkey. Maybe the stripper monkey. We'll, we'll find out maybe in the future podcast. But in all categories in which the pole assassin or the monkey is a nominee, they're going to get my vote. Spoiler alert. Okay. So a lot of graders heading to uh, Austin, Texas. Okay, so the stripper monkey is not an emotional support monkey. Is it is animal, not is an mean. emotional support okay. animal. Kind no. of surprised that woman that let the cat do the lactation. That <laughs> didn't make it. Yeah. Well, we really went down some dark places in this year. <laughs> we did. To hell. To hell. Uh, what I or what happened to that the fraudulent Alabama homecoming queen election? Oh, yeah, hey, that's that's, that that's nominated. That's later on. OK, it's coming in later. Uh, all right. All right. OK, I'll say I'm, I think I'm going with the drum because it's demonstrably true. That is not the biggest drum. I agree. Those Purdue people well, lie. Yeah, they draw <laughs> their liars there. You <laughs> can hear the anger in Sully's voice. Did your team lose to Purdue? Yeah, by they the brought the it to the damn Music City Bowl, too. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, so I, now I see. They brought that also, fraudulent drum with them. Mm -hmm. Purdue's a hard place to hate, but Sully, Sully, Sully drummed it up, pun intended. <laughs> yeah, Carson Edwards to. wasn't fouled He's either. I'm still pissed about that, too. <laughs> this is the thing about Purdue. Lafayette is not big enough to have a West Lafayette. No. <laughs> also liars. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing? It's Trying the to get river. Up. There's a river that goes down the middle of the damn thing. So and West Lafayette's the... on one side, Lafayette's on the other. That, that being said, I totally agree with you. You don't need a West Lafayette. It was, what are we talking about? East Enid? Like the Enid people don't have it. Like they have an East Side. You have a what West about South side. Bend? Is but there a bend? There's no bend. Yeah, yeah, okay. There is no bend. That's the thing. That's there the is bend no bend. of the river. The South Bend of the river. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everything about Purdue is, is just, it's, it's, it's so it's Lansing, Lansing deserves to have an East. It's big enough. Yeah, Lansing's <laughs> kind of big enough, and you don't want to be associated with the state capital as much of politicians over there. You just want to. Just you stay over there. But there, there's the next Lafayette. Pod, come on, man. The next come pod on. deep dive is the we're, we'll look into all the fraudulent directional towns that are attached to other towns. You ain't fooling me with that. Lansing West or Lafayette, West Lafayette. All right. Next one. Mystery of the year. God, Sully, right off the top with a bat. What this happened a to DJ Ungle? <laughs> Why Michigan left its backup tuba? At Michigan State. Yes, Pat and I saw that. 
during the halftime act when the Michigan State made the Michigan band climb all the way to the top of Spartan <laughs> Stadium, just almost like going up like the north face of of, of Everest. <laughs> and somebody left a tuba up there. We don't. What happened to the tuba? That is a mystery. Why Penn State and Illinois couldn't gain three yards to save their lives. That's no. the worst overtime game in history of college football. That was really uh, how, awful. How many items Pete broke in his home after the UTEP bad beat? That was that, that was, was UTEP, wasn't it? That no. was that no, 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 no. It was, uh, it was Wyoming, Boise State. It was Wyoming. Oh, yeah. there we go. Uh, All right. Wyoming, Boise on a Friday night. Sam Cooper and I texting each other at one in the morning. And that wide receiver that caught it is now a Tennessee volunteer. So I am, he's my new Whoa. favorite player. Oh, wow. <laughs> the layers, the layers. Yes. Okay. And finally, how many dead people are subscribed to the pod in accordance with Dan's wishes? <laughs> Be hard to track. <laughs> it's like tracking, you know, how many dead people vote in Chicago? I mean, yeah. you know. how many dead people are in that cemetery? All of them. <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. Uh, all right, Pat. What's the, who wins mystery of the year? Tuba. Since I sat there and you pulled me in, you pulled me into that that little Netflix drama of an afternoon. You know, Pat like why is it there? Pat hates watching games sitting next to me. Pat has <laughs> three different colored pens to mark down run plays. And screen was that passes. a bare front or was that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm like, what's up with that tuba? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, the what? What? Oh, up there? Yeah, away why from are the you, field? Why are you watching that? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm not very good great at Great game going on down there on the field. You're looking not, at a tuba. I'm not that good at that <laughs> stuff. Yeah. I guess I, guess I, will, uh, I will say that I will answer the mystery about uh, items broken in my home after that Friday night, uh, after that Friday night game. It was really none because I was so far ahead of you guys in the race for the case that I really couldn't get that Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The mystery of how I had, to, I had to have one more, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. How how the how the playoff go? How the postseason go? <laughs> oh, what terrible! What terrible! Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. You're a poser. I think Pete finished 84th in the uh, Kearns Corner. I won the po playoff. That's all that matters. Does anyone care what happened in the regular season at Georgia? <laughs> nope. Who won the last game? Georgia. Who well, won yeah. the last plot? The last betting thing. Me. Champion. Who did you and, pick in the last game? Me and the game, law firm. Not me Georgia. and Stetson Bennett. Me, me and my yeah. boy Stetson oh, Bennett. Oh, you and you and your boy Stetson Bennett, <laughs> who you killed. Sure. The only thing you have in common with him, Dan, is I've seen you look like he did on Good Morning America, like <laughs> yeah, that, going to the airport the morning after some what games. What are they putting him on there for? My God, I know that is that is one of the worst things you could do is put a poor college. He cleaned up NIL wise though, so oh, I think. Huh? If you could get a couple hundred grand to be the face of that thing and like yeah. says about a really bright a kid, really hey. well spoken, he's gonna have a bright future, whatever he does. But he's for on the rest of his life for life. Yeah. Stetson's exactly. gonna make a ton so, of money and he deserves it. But did he was he hawking something on Good Morning America? I just think if you're on Good Morning America, you just you're hawking yourself. Right, I, I don't think, think he was on there like you know, like all this for aspirin or something. I just think okay. it was like, oh, here's this underdog story that America is going to fall in love with, and a lot of people watch Good Morning America. Do yeah. they? Are they owned by ABC? Should I be saying that? Yeah, you better <laughs> you better pop them up. I don't, I don't, I don't know think that many people watch that thing. Yeah, no, right. those things are amazing. The Reach, they're amazing. All the morning shows, especially the one on ABC. Mm. Boy, you're so well trained already. <laughs> The number of dead people subscribed is not enough. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, right. Yeah. We need more dead people. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. All right. Game of the year. Red River, uh, not shootout. I think we had a shoot. We had a shooting this year. Oh, that was Alabama LSU. Remember the guys shot each other yeah. because they were yeah. arguing yeah. over who was going to win? Yes. Yes. Instead over who of just was waiting better. To like, yeah, yeah, who was gonna, better? Yeah, we're going to yeah. find out when they actually finish the game. Just finish the game. Um, yeah, this is my my advice on how to curb violence in America. Wait till the end of the game. <laughs> uh, Red River, uh, Oklahoma beats Texas 55-48. The Iron Bowl, Alabama wins in four overtimes against Auburn. Uh, Ole Miss beats Arkansas 52-51. That was a wild one. Did Pittman go for two? Was that it? Yeah. Pittman went for two. Michigan State beats Michigan 37-33. A&M beats Alabama on that kick. And then the Epic Rose Bowl. That was a good one. 48-45. Uh, game of the year. I'm going to say Michigan State-Michigan because it meant a lot at the time. Uh, the only other one on that list, I think, that was impactful for the playoff was Auburn-Alabama. And frankly, I thought that was a dreadful game for most of it. Uh, so I'm going to say... Michigan State, Michigan, which was just a lot of fun, uh, a real kind of revival of football in that state and great atmosphere and very dramatic and the tuba mystery as well. So give me that one. I would have to say Texas A&M, Alabama. Um, it was a fantastic game and there was just sort of a shock factor as it unfolded. Like, are they really going to? Is that Calzada really going to? Are they going to? Like, it just sort of like it unfolded. Like, Alabama's been so dominant whenever they're down or in a position, you're like, okay, this is how they're going to win. It's kind of like watching the Patriots in the playoffs. You're like, all right, how's Belichick going to figure this out? Um, how are they going to get the ending right? And so um, that was just a pretty cool scene. And look, we've all been to College Station. That's as cool of a big-time game day environment ever, and it just sort of spilled out. So, yeah, that shook the season up. And remember, some of the narratives going into the season were too predictable, same – same folks. Some idiot columnist for Yahoo from the uh, from the Georgia Clemson game wrote that, that Alabama was going to win the national title again, and they should basically pack up the season. So, um, thank God they got rid of that guy, right? Um, <laughs> so I just really feel like that kind of gave the season a little bit of freshness and just hope for some change. I'm going with Michigan, Michigan State, because also that day the Michigan Attorney General got trashed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that was a great real- story. And yes. had to be wheelchaired out of the stadium because she got too drunk at, as a Michigan fan at the Michigan State tailgate and wrote the greatest uh, politician, uh, uh, her statement on tailgate gate, tailgate <laughs> gate. Before the big game, I attended a tailgate on an empty stomach. Much to my surprise, MSU's tailgates tend to have more alcohol than food. So I thought it would seem like a good idea to eat two Bloody Marys. Eat two Bloody Marys, she said. Since as long as you put enough vegetables in it, it's practically a salad. And this, as it turned out, this was not a brilliant idea. Also, I might be a terrible bartender. Fantastic. And she posted a picture of herself uh, absolutely passed out inside Spartan Stadium. The, <laughs> she, I the forgot att- about that. She should probably be on Person of the Year nominee. Yeah, but- I mean, the Attorney General getting hammered at the Michigan-Michigan State game, her approval rating immediately shot to 99%. Can't <laughs> do no wrong. Yes, that apology was, like, was perfect, too. That was, was not great. some, like, PR firm sanitized. She was just like, eh. Went and got loaded. Sorry. <laughs> I know. We're party with that, with that, with, with Dana Nessel. She is all right. Had a designated driver. She pointed out, pointed out. Um, okay. So uh, let's see. Worst coaching decision of the year. Okay. This should be interesting. Steve Adazio rushes field goal unit on <laughs> instead of spiking, loses game at Iowa, at Utah State. 
That was bad. Mike Norville goes for it on his own 33 against Notre Dame with 533 left, down 11. Uh, Travis Hunter throws an NIT, and Notre Dame goes up 18, Knowles loose. Jimmy Lake taking a swing at walk-on linebacker. Gee, I mean, Sully's Sully. Just- <laughs> He's got some spark in him. He's a little. That's, he's been it was mad. a bad decision. It's a perfectly I, justifiable inclusion. All right, all right. Uh, Pat, so he's just go got ahead. a smirk on his face right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm torn because two of those ended up basically being fireable offenses: the Jimmy Lake one and the Steve Adazio one. Uh, but I'm going to go with Adazio because the other offshoot of that, I don't know whether Utah State would have won the Mountain West. Uh, without that. So not only did Adazio get himself fired, but he changed the outcome of the season in the conference. So I will say that uh, the Dazzler with the dumbest move of the year. I will, uh, with, with, with limited options here, I will, I will go with the, uh, with the, with the Norvell um, decision. If only because I was at that game and I went to go find Mackenzie Milton and this uh, family in the stands to write like this, heartfelt comeback column and uh if they had actually hung on and or, or come back and won that game it would have been like the greatest story ever in college oh, yeah. football and uh it was still a great story that that was one of my highlights personally of the season just going and his family was so nice and so gracious and just so grateful for everything he'd overcome it was a really cool moment but uh those those comeback stories usually have a little more flair with a victory but we didn't quite uh, we didn't quite get there for the uh for the Seminoles I actually thought the decision to not play prevent and not make sure nobody got behind him against Jacksonville State was a more negligent decision than that. Oh, that's that's a great point. That was that was a horrendous disaster for Mike Norvell. <laughs> I remember how angry you were on the pod about that, Pat. Well, I was just like, what the hell are you doing? You know, I mean, anyway, go ahead. Punching, punching the linebacker, I think. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Coach of the year, Kirby Smart, Jim Harbaugh, Mel Tucker, Luke Fickle. Who wins coach of the year? Ooh. This is, like a a real one. Can- this is like a real category. What yeah, it's a yeah. real category. We got to think. Why is this uh, in here? You can't pick the pole assassin this Just time, Pat. Go, yeah. yeah. How about Sark for employing the pole assassin's <laughs> boyfriend? <laughs> I'm going to go with Fickle. Um, undefeated two years in a row in the regular season. Makes the playoff. Breaks the cartel. Uh, lost in the playoff. So what? Broke the cartel. Historic season for Cincinnati. Luke Fickle. I'm going to take Mel Tucker. Um, I'm Michigan State. Remember last year, the pandemic season, they got trucked by Rutgers in the opener. Like, boy, was there not a lot of hope going in for the green this season. Dan, what was their over under? You always reference was it six, four? No, no four. It was like four and a half. I think four, four and, and a half. half. Yeah. yeah. So they almost tripled it or whatever. I mean, it more than doubled it. So unbelievable season. Uh, you know, cutting edge with the portal. Kenneth Walker was as fun of a back and player to watch as there was in college football. And Mel Tucker was smart enough to give him the pill over and over and over and over. So a unbelievable resuscitation of that program, which was left talent-wise for dead by Mark D'Antonio. Uh, I'm not surprised you two picked guys that did well in the regular season because that's when you <laughs> did well in your... <laughs> Some of us are about the postseason. Oh, God. And uh, there's two champions we can discuss, Kirby Smart and myself. We both... Uh... <laughs> So Kirby Smart, he won the title. Yeah. That's it. Again, picked pretty... against him in the championship game. Picked said you wanted Nick Saban in the All playoffs. right, next topic. Next topic. <laughs> flop of the year. Flop of the year. Clemson. They went 10 and 3. Flop though. Iowa State, UNC, Florida, or LSU. Flop of the year. Pat? Man. Crowded, crowded field there. They <laughs> they all had they all 
Got distinguish themselves in the wrong way. I'm just, saying, be, just being nominated is yeah. says something in this because there's plenty of flops out there. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say Iowa State, though, because I – I bought into the hype. They had like every single player come back. A bunch of guys turned down the NFL. This was going to be their year. Going to be the best year in Iowa State history. We're taking it to Oklahoma. We're winning the Big 12. We're going to the playoff. None of those things came close to happening. What, they end up seven and six, I think? Uh, yeah, uh, they were they were atrocious like from the get-go. I mean, they, they were so bad against Iowa. Yeah, I'm done. Get them out of here. The worst. Cyclones. Flop. They the category, and Sully did a great job putting all the cheese grater awards together, but the category missed was player Pat picked to player on a team that Pat picked to win games that lost games that Pat has pent up animosity towards, which would go to Brock Purdy. <laughs> <laughs> he's, because he's this Pat, year's Graham Mertz. Yeah. Yes. He's mad. Yes. He's mad. Big yeah, man. Now he did. He was there. Were some text messages on our on our chain. Brock Purdy threw the ball a lot to the other team, and Pat did not appreciate that in games that he had picked Iowa State. So, bust wise, I I, I got to go with with North Carolina. I mean, they uh, you know they had Sam Howell coming in. That the ACC's is as weak as it it's ever been. Mac Brown's crushing. You know, he used to be Mister February. I guess he's Mister December now. They they had they had everything going right, and they end up six and seven. They just fired their defensive coordinator, and um, yeah, they just had you know from from wire to wire losing at Virginia Tech to open the season, and then uh, they just you know losing to Florida State for the second year in a row, which was a big upset. They just continued to disappoint. We didn't even get to see Mac at the the mayonnaise bath. <laughs> that alone is disappointing. That's true. Uh, I'm going to take LSU, though. They won the national title two years ago. They went six and seven. Fired their coach like a month in. Oh, I'm taking yeah, that. That's a pretty strong good. flop. Pretty strong flop. Breakout performer of the year, Jameis Williams, Jamison Williams, 79 receptions, 1,597 yards, 15 touchdowns. Bailey Zappi, 59, 67 yards, 62 touchdowns. Or Kansas walk-on Jared Casey who caught a two-point conversion. He had never played a snap of offense and uh, he got filled into injury, caught the two-point conversion that led the Jayhawks to defeat Texas. That's it. Those are our three breakout rules. <laughs> That's it. That's all we got. <laughs> no, nobody else Kenneth, broke the, out. Kenneth Walker, the third, anyone? Okay. <laughs> hey, you could, add, you could add. I said you I could know, add. I know. You know what? Sully did send this out and said, you guys should add to this. And, of course, I'm too lazy to do to even look at it. So I did. I did add as a team player. Thank you. Pat did a nice job adding too. Did a nice job adding. But you know, Sully Sully's our fullback. He does the blocking for us. Yeah. You know, it's it's, a, it's our it's our job to, to to make a move. You know, when we get to the second level. Uh, in honor of our fullback, I'm going with the fullback Jared Casey, who had never again had never played a snap <laughs> of offensive football and catches the winning two point conversion for Kansas to pull a humongous upset. So go rock chalk, Jared Casey. My man. Uh, I'll take Bailey Zapp, Western Kentucky. He only threw for a, a nose hair under 6,000 yards and 62 TDs. I mean, in the 80s, that was like a Hall of Fame career. And he <laughs> crunched that over three years. And he crunched that into a season. So um, Zach Kitley and the boys uh, tossed it around a little bit over there in uh, Bowling Green. Bailey Zapp, is, 62 touchdowns is absolutely insane. Um, yeah, it is. But I, I, Casey got that Applebee commercial. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. NIL for a Kansas fullback. It's unbelievable. spared the people of Kansas from having to hear that Applebee's song. <laughs> where the people are like water skiing. 
Yeah, no, it's the worst song ever. And, and that, like, was, that's supposed to make me hungry. I don't know what's going on. Uh, quote of the year. Brian Kelly, LSU coach. My family. Or I don't know how the hell he said it. Brian Kelly, Notre Dame coach. I'm in favor of execution. Maybe our entire team needs to be executed. Missouri coach Eli Drinkwitz after beating Florida. He was wearing a light. He had a lightsaber and was wearing like a Darth Vader mask, wasn't he? Yes. Or no, he was Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah. He was Obi-Wan. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. My yeah, father yeah. was a farmer and there's an old saying, you reap what you sow. If you sow kindness, you reap kindness. If you sow jackass, <laughs> you reap jackass. <laughs> Lane Kiffin at the CBS game before Ole Miss played Alabama. Get your popcorn ready. Uh, Kiffin later on his weight loss last season. I saw a picture of myself at a bowl game, told the players I looked like an anaconda that had swallowed a deer and the deer got stuck in its neck. <laughs> That's a good quote. Uh, Kirby Smart is going to be some property torn up in Indianapolis, baby. Uh, and Jim Harbaugh uh, referencing, well, possibly Ryan Day. Sometimes the people that are standing on third base think they hit a triple, but they didn't. <laughs> Good candidates. This is a good, yeah, very oh, good candidate. Yeah. Very. Sully very dug good. in on this one. Yeah, I, I'm going to say that since we we do enjoy some good shade on this podcast, that puts Harbaugh and Drinkwitz uh, yeah. at the top, and I'm going with Drinkwitz because, woo, he he put it to Dan Mullen with that quote there, and then Dan Mullen was summarily fired after that game. So he not only sowed jackass, he sowed unemployment. So Drinkwitz wins that for me. <laughs> sowed after winning on a two point conversion too. It, oh yeah! A great throwback play call. So you know he was great feeling play. pretty, uh, pretty chesty oh, yeah. as yeah. Uh, as that unfolded. And uh, I'm going with Lane Kiffin. I mean, who who can't identify with an anaconda that swallowed a deer and got stuck in the neck? You know, <laughs> how many times you felt like that after the Final Four when you wake up that Tuesday? <laughs> like, ugh, been on the road for a month. Yeah. You know, need nothing but chicken fingers and Bud Light. Um, <laughs> and uh, yes. You will be happy today. I meant to note this earlier. I did have a celebratory acai bowl for lunch, just just oh, to God. keep with like good good pasta. I meant to I meant to text it to you, but I uh, I forgot. Mm. So yeah. yeah, we're gonna miss you less and less. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> I'm going with Harbaugh because it, depending on how this all shakes out, like that quote could go down in the legends of one of the great rivals. I mean, this is a little like Woody Hayes saying why when they asked Woody Hayes why did you go for two on the final. On that last touchdown, he said, because I couldn't go for three. Yeah. Um, Which actually, I think, is an apocryphal He didn't even quote. say. Yeah, no, he didn't but even it's, say. But it's, it is lore. Doesn't matter, right? It is lore. Jim Harbaugh saying Ryan Day was born on third base. They're staying, you know, that's uh, that's got that's got potential. We will see. Oh, yeah. Ryan Day yeah. could come back and uh, never forgive him. Harbaugh could be, he could be scooting off to the NFL. If Ryan Day ever, I mean, that thing's got potential. So, yes. Uh, get your popcorn ready was pretty good, though, too. Especially right. when, yeah, get your popcorn ready, and then they got smoked. News story of the year. Cat dangling from the Miami Stadium. Remember that cat? And they caught him, and then he peed on everybody. That was amazing. <laughs> the entire pole assassin situation with the monkey that bit the kid at the Halloween party. And, uh, yeah, the pole assassin, another nominee for her. Uh, FSU player proposing after the loss to an FSC, FCS team. Lost to Jacksonville State, but he proposed to his girlfriend anyway, which made some people mad. Because <laughs> how dare you enjoy a nice personal moment after a loss? <laughs> he had the family, he had the ring. Yeah, like he was all, I mean, he had you know, to. 
If you made the plans, you got to go through with the plans. Probably pick the easiest win of on the schedule. Yeah, like right. Come into right. town. Oh, of course. Man. Reminds me of the time some guy proposed to his girlfriend on the at, at a Celtics preseason game. Oh, Boston that's Celtics right. Preseason yeah. game, yeah. and Brad Stevens is like, "Come on, man, you got to at least go to the regular season game." But uh, all right, Virginia woman stole millions in that coupon scheme. Remember that? That was that was dicey. Uh, oh yeah. She was like stealing like paper towel coupons and stuff. I don't even know how she did it. Uh, Alabama man was found sleeping in a press box with chicken fingers and meth. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> it was, moved wasn't, into a high school baseball press box. He moved right? into the yeah. press box. It was not a member of the media, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. Probably resembled one, uh, though. Yeah, very unbranded. Remember, I guarantee that it. guy, and he got sent back to prison because he stole a car and only drove it four miles to the press box, <laughs> which meant you could have walked it. You could have walked it. You're so lazy, you stole a car, and now you're in prison. Not a criminal mastermind. <laughs> Hung out in the uh, in the thing. MSU students flip cars and light couches on fire in celebration. Yeah, that was not good. I think our attorney general should crack down on that. She was passed out on one of those couches. <laughs> yeah, she can't. Uh, and then the people, the 50 people that were trapped in the uh, the British pub because it snowed oh, yeah. too much. And they just got hammered for like three days. Yeah, uh, now I guess we have the one. Chinese woman that uh, is on a date. And the Bama homecoming debacle. Don't forget that one, too. Oh, that's on there. Oh, Bama homecoming. Oh, right, right. The the Bama homecoming where, where they just declared victory, even though um, McLean Moore did not have enough votes. Just absolutely outrageous. <laughs> absolutely outrageous. Total, a lot of fraudulent. And she, she violated uh, Alabama homecoming campaign finance rules. She, she Her campaign finance reports were, were not, uh, were not uh, legitimate. Yeah, it was, it was major, man. But they did get like 80% voter participation. Remember that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Everybody is the, the, yeah, the, the sorority person against the, uh, the softball star. Yes. The softball star tried to go against the sorority machine and the machine just straight. And I believe they actually call it the machine. It is the machine. The machine <laughs> just literally just said, yeah, we win. Yeah. Like crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, America. Alabama elections. Yeah. Way to go. All right. Who wins? I mean, you know, I, I, I'm on the record. Stripper and monkey assassin. always win. Pole assassin and monkey always win. Okay. Pete? I, I really liked the the Bama homecoming debacle because it just spoke <laughs> so much. You know what I mean? Like like Southern culture, the ridiculousness of some of the collegiate American things. I don't I don't know. I, I couldn't get I could and there was like some good old fashioned cattiness. And I think we really enjoy good old fashioned cattiness on this podcast. We we have done nothing but embrace the petty all the years that uh you guys have been nice enough to let me duck in. So there was a lot of that in the uh in the Bama homecoming. People, people couldn't get enough of that when we talked. No, about that I'm kind of going with you. I watched her campaign video, which was like <laughs> incredible and like soaring. They had a drone. She was walking campus with all these different groups. And my favorite part was she was hanging out with these two nerdy guys. And uh, there's legitimately yeah. no chance McLean Moore <laughs> is talking to these two dudes like zero. <laughs> it's it's like when a politician's like, you know, in a, a like talking, like hanging on the side of a of a of a plow at the farm like, the diner know, in new hampshire yeah right like yeah, yeah right yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Nah, i doubt it right and he's just like walking <laughs> campus with these two absolutely like like no way uh right. yeah the bama homecoming debacle no question that that wins it all right nope. finally our most prestigious honor 
person of the year. Remember that we had a guy who stole, remember the guy with the long arms who stole five cases of beer? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he was he the just, original one person of the year, wasn't he, in the Tree Cheese Spreader Awards. He went into yeah. a Fort Worth gas station, <laughs> grabbed five cases of Bud Light, and <laughs> managed to carry them all out. He had a wingspan like Anthony Davis. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like five foot seven. Like the yeah. police are like, we're, we're looking for a five foot seven man with like eight foot arms. <laughs> oh, yeah. And right. then, like, yes, no, four cases of beer, not enough. I need that fifth that one, fifth. baby. And they never He's caught dead. him, as far as I know. I took the Bud Light Bandit. Still the Bud on Light the loose. Bandit. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Uh, person of the year, uh, Pat, you're, you're uh, I guess, the Texas but, but, stripping monkey. That's a monkey. The, the, the pole assassin. Is the person of the year? The, oh, monkey can be a person. Are we really going to get technical? Well, is there like yeah, a yeah, yeah, there are a couple jeans off? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you map the jeans. It's pretty damn close. All right. All right. You've all seen right. the evolutionary picture. You know, right, give it like gun. a half a I million mean, years. It'll be a human. Yeah, I don't know. I don't fine. know how this it works. Uh, the fox on the field at the Red River shootout and the Arizona State USC game. I have a working theory. It's the same fox. He's just a really same big fox. college football fan. <laughs> Double awesome. foxing on the awesome. same day, I think. Not right. And those are the two big rivalries, the Red River and then the Aunt Becky game, the Arizona State USC, where she committed fraud so that her daughter would not go to Arizona State. Yeah, like yeah. The, when you hate Arizona State so much, your parents <laughs> are willing to go to prison. <laughs> so you don't attend it. That's true. Uh, rivalry. Oh yes, the 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 Nebraska Cornhusker fan uh, had a a uh, died after I don't know won some loss and said um, had a his 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 obit uh, said the grim reality of the Nebraska Cornhuskers finishing yet another season with a losing record proved to be too much to bear for Milton Andrew Munson, <laughs> who decided he'd seen enough of this world during the team's recent bye week. <laughs> the Huskers may not have sent them into the afterlight with a victory, but at least they didn't lose. And it's sometimes that's the best you can hope for. <laughs> he then, he you said, know. in lieu of flowers, please place irresponsibly large wager on Nebraska beating Iowa. Uh, so then there was uh, there was a whole movement in in Omaha to to do this, but so people uh, they they kind of like grouped it. Uh, but then they ended up not. They bet some on uh, uh, Nebraska beating Iowa, which that did not happen. But yeah, they had a lead, and then they blew it. They blew, they oh, blew yeah. it. But oh yeah, that was the only time that happened. Most <laughs> of the money went to the Boys and Girls Club of of Hastings, Nebraska. So, uh, nice. yes, I love that this guy has no idea that his. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, NC State fan. Uh, who had been so desperate to uh, have his team beat uh, North Carolina, jumped on the field uh, after the victory and then broke his leg and then had to go to the uh, the hospital for surgery, broke it in two places and declared worth it. Uh, those are our candidates. A, I mean, we have a fox, a monkey, a dead guy, <laughs> and a guy who's damn near crippled hobbling around. If if we knew if we knew the gentleman in Nebraska that had passed away had downloaded the podcast in perpetuity he would have probably yeah. sailed to victory but we haven't yes. we haven't been able to track that down yeah this, that, this, that is yet to be determined so these, these are our again, four greatest people two of yes. them aren't even people 
the, the monkey wins because the monkey is our person of the year. I mean, right. look. And, and in the same way, in the same vein that the Guntown Kangaroo should have once been our person of the year, That's the true. monkey. Funniest Twitter response to the news last night was that somebody said I got hired away to go find the Guntown Kangaroo. Someone declared you Yoko Ono. I like yeah, that. That was, that was funny. pretty funny. That too. was very yeah, funny. Yoko Ono. But there'll be no breaking up here. There's going to be no breaking up. The, the music will no. play on. Yeah, I will still go with the gentleman from Nebraska for my uh, for, for my person of the year. Let him live in perpetuity. Let his snark, sarcasm, and pessimism reign throughout the state where all of that has been deserved considering the football product recently. I think you got to really analyze the sacrifice involved in your candidacy here. So the, the pole assassin, okay, she risked the, the, the kid getting bitten and, and basically the reputation of her boyfriend. Okay, that's a lot. Uh, I'm not this Fox thing now. And her own pristine reputation her own, as well, the pole assassin. She was, uh, she was the in-house uh, uh, stripper for the Jerry Springer show. So I'm yeah. not thinking that they, they were really, I mean, that's, I don't. I don't know that this is a negative here to be known as the pole. <laughs> Very prestigious. If you've yeah. gone on the Jerry Springer show to be known as the pole assassin, <laughs> I don't think there's any. The NC State fan busts up his leg. I mean, that's a sacrifice. But the Huskers dead. The guy's <laughs> Milton. He gave it all. He did, he did. Although he, he didn't wait to the bye week. We always know in football you make big moves on the bye week. Well, he did you it know, because he didn't coach, want to lose. He didn't want to demote a quarterback. You you die. Yeah. He wanted the 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 no the Huskers not to lose the week he died. So each, I'm going with the Husker fan. I think that's our our person of the year. All right, this is pod. We've tried to make Pete work longer. Yeah. His final days. Yep. Yeah, we succeeded. So this was not uh, a getaway day podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, uh, we'll get uh, 3,000 words on uh, what uh, <laughs> Iowa's punting strategy is for 2020. Get that in by about 5 o'clock, would you? Get on that. New phone, who this? Yeah, new phone, who this? All right, well, we thank Pete for his service. We will be back, Pat, Sully, and I, uh, next week. We're not planning any uh, big changes. People are making suggestions on who we should bring in as our uh, person. Those have been some uh, some comedy uh, you can nominate whoever you want. Uh, I, right now, it's just Pete. It's just going to be Pat and I, like uh, we used to do it. Um, but who knows? We also are willing to take bribes if you want the job. Absolutely. Yeah. Highest, highest what about bidders the gun got a kangaroo? shot. Could the gun town kangaroo's got a shot? Yeah. yeah. Pole <laughs> assassins got a shot. We're ruling I mean, nobody out. Nobody. Nobody is, nobody is out. No Even person, Milton. no animal is ruled out. Yeah. Everybody is a, is a candidate. If and you know if 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 we're going to do this. Uh, bribes are appreciated. That's I'm just saying. It's, we'll call it an NIL deals. Not a bribe. It's an NIL deal now. But yeah, that's it. That's our pod. Pete, welcome to the other side. You get to listen. Can I just say that I just want to thank all the listeners. They brought a, they brought a lot of joy to us. The, the the snark, the Twitter comments, the DMs. Just, you know, you become, as being a writer who did little video or anything, like it's just a completely different way to interact with your audience and you know people feel like they get to know you and it's just a, it's been a really cool experience to like open up and see a news of the weird tweeted at us or a joke made on the jokes we make and it's been a it's been a fun real way to connect with other college football fans it's really been uh, it's really been a blast so thank you to uh thank you to everybody thanks for you guys for letting me interlope on your uh, duet here for for a couple of years but uh Mostly thank the listeners. They've, they've been awesome. All right. Send all hate mail to Pete at ESPN.com. <laughs> Not our problem anymore. 
Uh, All right. Thank you. We're back next week. Talk to you later.